<laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, so excited today to talk to fellow comedian Erica Kuarski. How are you? I'm very good. Is this a Polish Kuarski? Yes. Polish. Any like ski you see is usually Polish. Right. Don't they say uh, Polish spell it last name ski because they can't spell toboggan or something? What's that joke? <laughs> Oh, Do you know that one? That's very offensive. Uh, <laughs> I just try see. not to. <laughs> oh, you're, you're, yeah, just kidding. Uh, the toboggan. Yeah, I can't spell toboggan. So yeah. that's actually true. So there there it is. <laughs> we got it down. We got our Polish mm-hmm. audience here. Um, you might be my first Dakota, Dakotian. Is that the uh, Dakotan. Dakotan uh, that I've talked to? And by the way, cheers. Thanks oh, for yeah. doing the show today. Cheers. And Thank we're you. doing we're doing your show Sunday mm-hmm. night. So for anyone in the Clarksville area in Tennessee. Yes, or Nashville. It's or not Nashville. that far. I said that. I said that in my chat today. I said, oh, yeah, it's like outside Nashville. People were like, it's an hour away. And I was like, yeah, like I said, it's outside yeah. Nashville. What mm-hmm. are we doing? Or 45 minutes, good traffic. Yeah. Um, get out of the city. Get know? out of the city. Live Clear a little. Head. So I want to talk about your where, c- comedy and how we got to Nashville cuz you've traveled you've kind of you've kind of been like sort of living a little bit of a nomadic lifestyle, right? Yeah, uh, South Dakota most of my life. Um, and then I met a boy. As you and do. Uh, he was in Las Vegas. I saw him doing comedy and I'm like, "Well, if he can do comedy, like that's actually obtainable i'm not making fun of him shoot i said it no I, that's what comedy is <laughs> yeah it's like, not you're not watching someone make a you know a painting you it, mm-hmm. it looks relatable right i was like man he's doing it that's what i want to do i was like he's also cute um well how'd you meet him was he performing and you were in the audience we were both performing on a show what's interesting so this was a mutual friend that i met at a festival that i didn't even want to be on because it was twenty dollars to mm. be on it and then the producer is also our improv director. He's like, Erica, just do it. And so he got me on it. Um, I meet this girl, her name's Krista Kay, and she's judging it. And then she brings Mario on the show back in South Dakota. She's like, hey, do you wanna be on the show? I'm like, heck yeah. And then I get really sick, I'm in the hospital. Um, I come out, the show's in a couple days, and my friend is like, are you sure you wanna do this? I'm like, the whole time I was in the hospital, this is all I could think about. Like, I got my set together, I wanna do this. And so at this show, uh, I meet Mario, who's now my fiance. And um, it was basically that moment of he made me laugh and I made him laugh. That was it. That yeah. tripped it. Mm-hmm. How you dated a comedian before that? Are oh, you like, was that like, was I like, dated two. Okay. I know, usually, repeat offender. <laughs> usually when someone <laughs> dates a comic, they go, I'm never, like, it, it, mm-hmm. isn't it funny when you hear advice from people, they're always like, never date an actor. It's like, somebody fucked you up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, hey, comics, you know, we're, we're generally known as lovers. Mm-hmm. It's, we're, we're also self, selfish. So, like, sometimes it can be hard for a relationship to work until True. you find that right sort of, uh, you know, puzzle piece. But sounds mm-hmm. like you guys have that. Yeah. Um, I think we... We come from different worlds, but we have similar backgrounds with how we were raised. So there's a lot of similarities that we have other than comedy. How did really he make together. his way to Dakota? Because it's like, all right, <laughs> right? it makes sense Why that you, you were there. But like, th- like in the grand scheme of things, this mm-hmm. is uh, in a pretty pretty unique kind of setup. Um, so Krista was his friend on the Humor Collective, which is the podcast he did. Mm-hmm. Used to be a Vegas radio show. And then after the pandemic, we changed it to a podcast. Uh, so they're both co-hosting on that. And Krista, she just recently went into real estate. So she's not doing comedy anymore. As but, you do, you get into real estate. Right. Uh, which makes you a great real estate agent because you can sell, you know, 
you're up stage, but now you're off stage and that's pretty easy. But she was really good at the business end of talking to everyone, socializing. And she originally was from South Dakota, in oh, a smaller okay. city. And that's how she kind of got the networking. She lured him into the Dakotas mm -hmm. where you were waiting. Yes, I was like, perfect. You know, when people talk about this, dating is hard. I don't disagree, but I think you need to be out in the flesh of the real world. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a boomer when I say that. No, you can't <laughs> be doing this. But it's like you it's met the true. guy and you, and you knew you clicked. Your chemist mm -hmm. versus... Versus if you did something online, you might paint a red flag white or you might make him into something he's not and then you're disappointed. It's like yeah. you kind of let your intuition figure it out. Mm -hmm. You got to catch him in the wild. Uh, a lot of people play <laughs> Pokemon. Uh, there you go. You just got to gotta go walk around. There um, you go. I think my dating advice would be if you're not going to like get off the apps, yeah, but also go do something that you're interested in. There you go. Whatever interests you because you'll meet someone who you don't have to persuade yeah. to be interested. Like going to emo that. night, go meet a guy who goes to emo night. Maybe that's, I don't know if that's a good reference, but yeah, go like, that is a weird. go find yourself <laughs> a stadium of yes. people that could provide you someone. And it doesn't mean you have to be like, I, I like architecture. So it's like, it loosely, like you can loosely <laughs> find somebody that's maybe compliments you. Like, mm -hmm. you, like you and Mario aren't identical, but you no. share common things. Like, did you know right away your relationship was going to be like serious? I okay, I knew it, but he fought it. Uh, it's just like I've been through people, and then when I met him, I was like, "Ooh, I hope no one else sees this." Yeah. <laughs> like you hit him in the back of the yard sale. Yeah, it was like you, you go over there, hide before anyone realizes uh, what you have. Uh, a lot of people, I have, you know, the humor, but it's also, it's hard for me to talk to people. And his conversation, I think we talked for like three hours wow. after the comedy show. And like there was this moment where he went out to have a cigarette, and this other guy was talking to me. I was like, I can't wait till Mario comes back because this is really boring what me and this guy were talking about. And it was kind of like, oh, I I really want to keep getting to know this guy. Oh, how sweet. Yeah. What a sweet story. And then mm -hmm. he said he fought it, which which he is... Did. I mean, he's like, I'm going go to get, go to Dakota, get some road, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, it's like, all right, well, hey, that's the story. Mm-hmm. Well, um, so he came back for Sturgis Motorcycle Rally. And then every day I would visit him um, during his, like, off times. So he's a comedian and a biker? No, he oh, just... a double red flag. He has, no, he doesn't... <laughs> he doesn't have a motorcycle. That's a green flag. Yeah. Yeah, for some people. For me, um, he was doing the bar back. So running around, but it's like a festival What is the, What do you mean bar back? What does that mean? So you go... So you have their bartender and they need... Uh, oh, oh, like, 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 oh, oh, like actually working it. Mm -hmm. Oh, I was like, is so, this a motorcycle term? <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what a bar back is. <laughs> yeah. How you always say, uh, that's how they make the drinks. <laughs> Um, so he would work like 10 hours. I'd show up towards the end of his shift, and then we'd go listen to the band that was playing at the venue. How fun. And then hang out in his tent. And then, um, yeah, so things were just going great. And it was really difficult to say goodbye to him when he was going back to Vegas. And it was like, ah, you know, there's, there's something when someone really important leaves you, and you don't know if you're going to see them again. And I was like, I got to see this person again. So I told him I was going there for comedy. Start, you know, okay, started off with a lot. Just lie. comedy. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, other relationship advice. Well, you don't want to spook the person. You don't want right? to spook them. Because it's like, we can date, but if it goes south, I'll stay for the comedy. No By the problem. way, I have to let the audience know we are driving through yes. the Times Square of Nashville. So if you hear random women screaming, there's pink mm-hmm. cowboy hats everywhere. Yes, these absolutely are the woo wild. girls. The woo girls. I mm-hmm. mean, Mike, this is absolutely wild. I mean, it's, it's daytime here. The, the yes. whole street's j- just a buzz with drunks. But anyway, right, so we're gonna be, we're gonna have to battle my ADHD as we That's, have a good convo while people mm-hmm. are just getting sloppy. This is pretty fun. Um, yeah, you live really close to this area. Yes, we kind of picked it so we could walk down here whenever we wanted, because parking here is about fifty dollars. Yeah. So, unless you park, I don't know, five miles away. What a wild city! Mm-hmm. So you lie to them. You oh say, yeah. I'm not gonna go. No, I'll, 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 I'll steer us away. And I'm gonna steer us back. So. Okay, you, gotcha. So you lie to them. You go. I'll be there. Oh, I'll be in. It. Hey, hey, let, let me tell you mm-hmm. something. Every guy who's listening to this has done that. Oh yeah, yeah I work nearby. Just, it's like nine miles away. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. It's so. just outside of the town. Yeah. It's just an hour. <laughs> yeah. So you um you you create opportunity to yeah. see him again. Um it was really I was gonna go there and just um stay with him while I looked for a place. And then his roommate got married and left to a different state. And so he needed a place and I was like, what if we just look for a place together? Had, like, had you already canoodled? Uh, have you have you now? Um, have you already been hooked up, or was uh, this just like still shooting the shot? It was like it was like we were dating, but we weren't dating. Yeah, uh, there was no labels. Gotcha. Um, so it was like not too far fetched to be like, let's just live together. But we were not dating. But I love it. I mean, yeah. the the economics is a, right. something that inspires lots of people to <laughs> cross the threshold. I mean, that's yes. how it always was in history. It was like, yeah, mm-hmm. you want to eat it, it'll go till the soil in the farm or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's nothing new. It's just now it's like, all right, let's save a few bucks. Right. We're already seeing each other. Like, let's just. Mm-hmm. And then a couple days go by and uh, he asked me to be his girlfriend. So then. How did he ask you? Well, we were on our way to a comedy show to go watch it. And uh, he was like, can I introduce you as my girlfriend? Oh, that's yeah. sweet. Mm-hmm. Gosh, that's old school. I was like, darn tootin'. There's darn tootin'. That's the, <laughs> that's the Dakota way of saying, fuck yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. Darn tootin'. Um, well, let's let's go back to the early days. What was dating like? Like, for, I want to know about dating, but also about comedy. Was you, you were doing improv. Mm-hmm. What got you into that? Um, I think it was, was it college? I think I did one class in high school and loved it because that was my life, was just bullshitting. And then uh, college, there was a club, so I did that for four years, and that was really fun. And then um, I got to do stand-up a couple times there, and then I moved back to Rapid, and there was... Okay, so this improv troupe that I joined... The first show I went to, I walked out of. That so, you like, were performing in. So so I'm not a part of their troupe. I go to their show because my brother's like, oh, there's an improv troupe. Maybe you'll be interested. I'm like, okay. So I go, I pay my $10. And the first game they're playing is this like uh, charade game where they don't actually talk, but they go like, yeah. and I listened to that for about five minutes. <laughs> it was like, I hate this. <laughs> These guys aren't funny, and I left. And then, like, a couple months later, they had a club to join. I was like, okay, I like clubs, okay. And then they used that club as an audition into their troupe. So then I was invited into the troupe. 
And then I told them we're never playing that game again. <laughs> <laughs> I walked out on that game. Mm -hmm. You know, improv's strange, right? Because it can be crazy, good, or bad. And it's just about, you know, because, you know, stand-up, you have, as a comic on stage, have to let your audience know why something's funny. Mm -hmm. Improv, you have to connect with everyone else there. It's almost like a football team. Everyone has to be on the same page. And as an audience, you know if their performers are not on the same page. You know if they're contradicting each other or not mm -hmm. getting something. And it can be brutal out there. Yes, and <laughs> it can be really difficult. <laughs> did it? Did improv? I mean, it's got to help your your ability to read people because you're. You know, a lot of times in an improv scene, you're looking at your partner, wondering where the hell they're going. Yeah. And in a relationship, you kind of have to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. You kind of have to be like, I gotta read you because what you're, what what people tell each other in a relationship isn't always what they mean or want. And sometimes you have, because we lie to ourselves, right? right? So like it's it's hard to know what the other partner <laughs> wants truth. or what they're actually telling you. Like, mm -hmm. do you want me to go with you to buy shoes or not? I don't know what you're telling me. If you know, it, it doesn't always line it's up. It's always go buy shoes. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, yes. Um, there's a lot of undertones. There's a lot of body language. I'm a big reverse psychology, and it's like use that. For good, not evil. But if you tell me not to do something, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> like yeah. So so if you tell me not to do the dishes, I'm gonna do them. So like, please. <laughs> I'm that way. I'm that way in the relationship where I might. Yeah. I, like the other night, we we came up with Valentine's. We went to an early dinner because I messed up uh, reserving the restaurant. So the only thing that was available was 4 p.m. And I was like, first of all, my wife's gonna love this 4 mm -hmm. p.m. Italian. Like, come on. So I had to like spin it in that direction to be like, honey, you love early Italian. That will be yeah. we'll be in bed by seven. It'll be great. Uh, she's like, you didn't book a re restaurant, did you? I was like, yeah, well, we had that issue. Um, but anyway, we come home and I'm like, all I want to do is get on the couch. I want to digest my food while I get on the couch. And I'm sitting there. I told her that. But then she's now like cleaning something. And I'm like, what are you doing cleaning something? Come on. It's like, and then, but I was like, oh, like, all right. Mm -hmm. So now next thing you know, I'm cleaning something because I can't enjoy sitting on the couch if she's like <laughs> clinking and clanging. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, being responsible. Together. Yeah. Let's be responsible <laughs> later. We just, we just, but, but to her, she's like, no, I want to do all this so then I can relax. I'm like, I need to relax so I can do all this. And it's like, we're complete opposites. But yeah. when it comes down to it, I'm not relaxing if, and again, I don't know if this makes sense to everyone or nobody. I'm not relaxing if I can hear her huffing and hawing and, and vice versa. So I'm like, all right, you win. We're doing the dishes, then we'll relax. Mm -hmm. and, and we did, and it was fine. But that's a relationship. It's, it's like, how do you, yeah. can you compromise for things that really don't matter? It's, that's totally relatable. I do that too. I get like really angry, so I start cleaning. Yeah, Because it's like, I could destroy something or I could just, there's, oh, who says it where it's like, you can't make fun of someone's bedroom if your bedroom's dirty. There you go. So yeah. it's like, I'm really upset about X, Y, Z. So I'm going to make sure everything's fine and by me doing something i get less angry and then i had time to breathe and think and be like okay now i'm in a calmer state to address what it is i've been thinking about which is good because a lot of people don't realize when they're not in that state mm -hmm. and we you know what when i talk about it we call it like the limbic flare so like your limbic system is like your fight or flight mode mm -hmm. and so often in that mode we want to address the thing that's pissing us off and then we're going to bring up the other things and it's like that's never received well right and like how can you get yourself out of the limbic flare 
so that you can actually properly communicate. And that's, it's, I mean, not to, not to like force a relationship into how it works with improv, but with improv, it's like, you kind of have to, you kind of have to be in, in like a flow state where everyone's on the same page and mm-hmm. all this, the, everything has to be set up right in order to do the hard part, which is to communicate. And in a relationship, I mean, plenty of relationships just don't make it past that first fight because you're like, this person's crazy. And it's like, are they, are they crazy? Or, you know, like I, I mm-hmm. still 10 years into my relationship. Well, like last night I, we were coming home from something. I was like, let's run by the furniture store because we're trying to buy, you know, we don't have any furniture yet. Mm-hmm. And I was like, first of all, that was a bad idea on my end because I didn't have the time. And the next thing you know, we're at the furniture store. The guy's making these stupid jokes that she's like forcing laughs in. He was making a joke about furniture delivery versus, I couldn't even tell you that he was trying to make a joke that will deliver the furniture, but you got to deliver the baby because she was pre- she's pregnant. Oh. And I'm like, I get you're Close. making a delivery joke, but I'm not... I'm not, I don't have the energy. Like, I'm not here to laugh. I'm here to buy a, you know, a, a nightstand. Yeah. And, and then I look at the time and it's 630 and the open mic starts at 730 and we haven't been home for dinner yet. And I'm just, and I just start like straight the steak we bought. It's a week old. It's, it's one day from the expiration date and I'm going through all these <laughs> things and that's what's going uh-huh. on in my head. But outside I go, honey, I'm going to be late. <laughs> and she's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I'm, and, I, and then I, and she's like, it's not my fault you're late for your money. And I was like, I know. Okay, here's the deal. I'm stressed because yeah. there aren't as many opportunities to do stand-up here, so I need to take advantage of them when they're, you know. And I had to, like, talk talk <laughs> myself down from mm-hmm. from the thing that came out, which was, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. And, that, and that was like, that's not communication. She doesn't know what I'm saying. So it's a, it's a work in progress probably for the rest of your yeah. life. Yeah, I totally understand that because it's almost like when you're explaining it, then you're quickly scheduling in the time to explain <laughs> Like, there's something about time management where it's like, I don't have time to explain to you. You just got to trust me. We got to leave by this time. But the things are three. I don't care. I know this traffic. Yeah. Like, I've got so many things to get done. And, 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 when, and when time is tight, like in movies, yeah. there's always a time constraint. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bomb's going to go off in 10 minutes. You need time constraint in movies and TV because it, in improv and whatever else, because it builds urgency. Mm-hmm. In a relationship, that urgency triggers your limbic system. So... I've had to learn, all right, let's not squeeze in something that's stressful because I'm the type that's like, all right, get the red couch done. We're out. I'm like a quick, mm-hmm. and my wife's like, no, oh. we need to sit on this. How does it feel? I'm like, it feels good. I'm oh, like, no. and, and you know, that's stressful. I understand both sides. <laughs> yeah. So you got to learn how, yeah. how, how either side plays because one's mm-hmm. not right versus the other. Like in my relationship, um, I can make quick decisions which are good for the relationship when when the, when that's what it serves and she can be like which crib do we want and she can sit about that for a week and figure it out and like we kind of you can kind of um support each other in your different styles you know mm-hmm. um but anyway enough about me in Hi. in your relationship <laughs> what I like about you guys okay. is you're in that cool stage that you look back on as cool but probably sucks which is the do-it-yourself producing stand-up shows you guys are like punk rock green screen like when i went in to do your oh, podcast you. i was like oh cool because that's what i do it's like mm-hmm. the the like i said do it yourself green screen you got the whole setup the lights you know this and that yeah. um i'm like you're like oh we're playing jazz music and i'm like why and you're like because we can hear the traffic sound outside and i'm like i fucking love it <laughs> you know why because yeah. we're in a car right now because i don't have a studio like necessity the necessity of us doing bullshit to make bullshit happen i respect that when i see it so tell me about the grind talk to me about that uh okay the grind sorry 
my brain got a little distracted. Um, of so the producing the show, we have we pivot. That's what we do. So we weren't getting booked, and we're like, how do you get booked in Rapid? Oh, I make my own shows. Like, why are we not doing that? Mm. Why are we not generalizing this information? It's like, oh yeah, I know how to make flyers. I know how to like advertise. I don't know how they do it in this city. And then um, the podcasts were like, oh, it was a you know a radio. Why aren't we doing it? It's like I don't know. We bought all this equipment, <laughs> and we're too worried about. I don't know. It's like, well, let's just do it. Let's get in there. And like the more that we've been putting forth our effort and the things we actually care about, the more we've been seeing success. And it's just like, it's incredible to be like, oh, if I sacrifice like a little bit of what is expected. So like on Valentine's Day, it's like, I really want comedy to pay my bills. So if I keep spending money on things that don't contribute to that, I'm going to have to get uh, like a full-time job again. Mm. So what we did, because I really wanted sushi, but luckily it was Wednesday and Publix does $5 sushi. There you go. I was like, we can get a bunch of sushi, go home, watch Harry Potter, and then we still get to be comedians. By the way, you would trigger the hell out of my wife right now because she can't eat sushi. Oh, sorry. Pregnant, no, and she loves Harry Potter. Oh, no. So she's literally like, at the moment she delivers the baby, I'm going to have the laptop open playing mm-hmm. Harry Potter and giving her sushi. So. Nice. So, yeah, get her like one of those big that Yeah, the uh, train catering. just sits on her belly as she... Yes. Yeah, so, but that's great. So, yeah, I mean, you're, you're right when it comes down to like money buys you time. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have the money to pursue what you need, then you need to spend time doing what you don't want to pursue. Correct. Because what, you know, and then, and then the crux of it is, what I've learned is people that have the money... Or, or are financed through their parents or whatever, while that seems like a generous of a parent, it doesn't give you the urgency and the desire to get your goal. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know, this might be, this convo might be jaw-dropping to the person who needs to hear it or make no sense whatsoever, but there yeah. is urgency in pursuing your dream and the resources that come from working towards it and in, in, in really making decisions of, do I go out to dinner or do we get public sushi? You guys mm-hmm. know that the public sushi gets you closer to what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it's hard to explain. Like, so people think big sacrifices are like this tremendous thing. But it's just little things like I've really pulled back on what I expend. And we don't make a lot now, but we don't spend a lot. And what we're doing is just like, well, we have all this time. And uh, before the holidays, we were hitting the mics and we kind of lost our, you know, it's like two weeks to make a habit. Mm. We lost it because, again, we went to family. And like what you're saying, if like you're with your parents and they provide everything, there's no urgency. And I got really like homey and just like, oh, cooked meals. Yay. Oh, we can just sit around, watch TV. It's like, wait, I didn't write a joke at all these like 10 days. Like, wait a second, what am I doing? No, there's no boss telling you to go write. Mm -hmm. There's no, it is, it is really, really challenging to be like, all right, I got to go do this grind. But the grind Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be, and now I always, I always strike out, I always strike out on the uh, the limitations that are set by like you, like you don't need to have a it's not about a poverty mindset it's not about a scarcity mindset it's about deciding how, like like I've always I did this for years how much money do I need to make and and to to get by 
and not a penny more because that's just like you just can't do everything in the day you can't have a corporate job uh or maybe you can but you know now everyone's in a different scenario so a lot of i I feel like a lot of the audience that i hear from there are people with big ideas but they don't know how to get from maybe the health insurance they have at this job or they have a family to provide for for um to the free fall of pursuing your dreams with all your energy and that's a Mm -hmm. that's a everyone's got a different roadmap i mean for me i was fired after my first corporate job at 23 so like it was an easy decision for me to be like all right tried it not move on but we get we almost get these um we almost get like lured into maybe comfortable situations that actually take us away. I, I talk mm-hmm. to my wife about this all the time, about the idea that th- the reason why most lottery winners lose their money is because they they don't, it's, it's hard for people to realize that it's not about the money, it's about the passion. And if mm-hmm. you're rudderless and don't have a passion, that money, that dopamine rush from having a bigger TV and a bigger, that, that goes away like that if you're not living a life that feels authentic. Um, the money will always come. Um, I've been trying to focus on that. I learned that from a comedy show this summer. I was so worried because we had to put down a 300 deposit on the venue and I was worried I wouldn't make it back, be in the hole and have no one in the seats for my comedians. And it was How like, stressful too, because that's kind of like, that's yeah. a producer side of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my God. And so I was so focused on the money just because it was like my money. I'm like, yeah. oh no, and then I also can't pay my comics. And um, so we finally get the week of, we're selling tickets, and I see it come past the break even. I'm like, we're good, we got a show. And then it goes to the profit side. I'm like, yeah, I could pay my comedians. And like, I'm so glad um, Tyler Corvine pulled me aside. He's like, yeah, but like, let's give him a show. Like, I don't care how much you pay me. It's like, Let's, I want to make sure we're funny. I'm like, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Money's all handled. It was like an hour before when we do our warm up. So this was an improv. I was part of the improv troupe and then we had Mario headline. Okay. And so we warmed up for an hour, got our heads in the right space. I'm like, right. They're only here to laugh. They don't care how much money we make tonight. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah, that's right. Okay. If I'm funny, you guys will follow me wherever I go, no matter the ticket price. But if I don't craft, that if I don't make you want to come back what am I doing yeah like I'm only here to make people laugh and and, it's hard to have both sides of the brain where you do have to have the business side like we are all our own business owner Mm -hmm. and you have to have that side of the brain but also all right who am I on stage and it is like a it is like uh, you have to have an affair. It's like having a you're having an affair because you have one, you just like you're, you're, you're two time in each side. They're you're watching, like, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Some people I know great comedians that can't get themselves on stage. I've worked with them. They mm-hmm. cannot get themselves on stage because they're like purists. And it's like, look, bud, you, you know, no part of my business side of my brain takes away from my creative side. You just need to remember to water it all, and you have to know that the opportunity. To perform, and I said this on on a recent podcast that I heard I like a rock star or someone. Maybe it was a comedian. They said they said you don't pay me. You know they, they were like doing arenas. They're like you don't pay me fifty thousand dollars to perform. You pay me fifty thousand dollars to fly to go to the place to perform. Mm-hmm. So the goal is to perform, and if that means you have to bet on yourself and and take a risk and hope it pays off, then that's what you got to do. But it is hard. Like you do see a lot of people that get into producing that have a hard time 
going back to just performing because they do become like administrative, you know, yes. like, and that's, and that's the battle that we all have to face. I mean, I've mm-hmm. had that with my YouTube and podcast where I'm like, all right, I need to put down the, I need to like take less hours towards this, which essentially means I'm spending, I'm taking money I could be making out of YouTube and I need to put that energy into stand up because I know long term mm-hmm. that's where, that's where I want to be. That provides me more joy than these, this other thing, but right. you're still, you're still like dealing with the devil because you still, you know, I can't abandon the YouTube because then I, then I don't have the funds to be able to do this. Like mm-hmm. it, it's all like a very delicate ecosystem yes. we have to figure out. A lot of balancing. Um, yeah, I need to look at my calendar again because uh, I got this streaming um, with my plant and I was doing good. It was over Christmas. I got to a thousand. I'm like, cool. And I made a dollar. I'm like, mom, I made a dollar. <laughs> I'm like, I'm making it. And like, I just haven't gotten back into it. I'm like, but people love that. I don't know why, but it's kind of like your YouTube. I can use this plant to feed into my comedy. So for those that don't know, you've got a plant, a yeah. money tree, yes. I believe. That's making that me money. you speak, you narrate. Yeah. Uh, you almost puppeteer. <laughs> right. Um, this plant. You're a plant puppeteer. Yeah, you know how... So well, not, not necessarily a green thumb, a green voice. Yes. Uh, I project myself onto the plant. <laughs> um, I don't have a therapist, but I do have a plant that I talk to. Hey, you take what you can, right? Right. Um... You know how when you talk to your dog or something and it's like you have this voice for them in your head or or like you talk to them like they just solved the math equation. I, I don't know uh, what your relationship is, um, but that's kind of me in the plant. I talk to her. Um, we do this thing where I play blackjack and if no one's playing, then I'm like, all right, plant, hit or stay. <laughs> and then I just like stare like, all right, oh, busted. <laughs> And this plan um, is, well, but, you know, I mean, Jenny Slate uh, uh, is the comedian who founded, um, she created Marcel the Shell. Yeah, So if I love she that can one. create mm-hmm. a shell right. and animate, bring that to life, you can speak through a plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, the vegans will love you. Yes. So I think, I think you never know. You just, you, it just goes to show you never know what thing might, might push you through because it's, a, it's about, it's about expressing your creativity. Mm-hmm. And if you're the first creative person to be like, I will animate this plant. Not not through physical animation, but through the mind. <laughs> this plant is not moving. But if I talk, if I yeah. sell it enough with my improv skills, yes. I could be plant lady performing at, you know, botanical gardens right? all across the world. I mean, that's kind of the goal is just to bring the plant on stage. I should have brought her, but I was like... You hooked your plant up to a <laughs> oxygen tank carrier. Yes. Which I think is genius. Mm-hmm. I love it. So when it warms up, I plan on uh, taking her on walks because we only, it, it's supposed to be like bright indirect light mm. and we don't have the best light on our porch. So the point is to take the plant out. We can go to park, let her get her um, photosynthesis on and then bring her back home. I like um, it. Yeah. So that's why the carrier's there. <clears throat> I and recently. It, and that's, and that's, it's kind of, it's a kind of a weird thing. But you're, but oh, is it re- weird? Well, well, respectfully, <laughs> I mean this with respect. You're oh, kind of no. you're weird in your own way because you you had the idea to talk through a plant. Right. Now I think that that that's great because now you're going to build an audience of people that are like weird that get your plant humor. Yeah. And if you don't, if people are listening and they're like kind of lost on this, it's like that's fine. That's just not going to be who yeah. your core is. True. Uh, do I have to cut someone off here? Mm. I can do it. I can cut someone off. 
Um, I, have, I have the California plates still, so they're not. No, maybe I'll just go left. Do you want to go that way? I don't know. That's what you the can direction. Go. Can oh. I go left here? Yeah, you can go left. I'll just go left. You can also go left on red. I go. I can go left on red here. No, please oh. don't. <laughs> <laughs> I was like. <laughs> If it was a one-way, you probably could. I, uh, I like to choose chaos sometimes. I like I'm the like, audience that listens on audio. Happened? They're like, where, where the hell are they? <laughs> they just hear like this random uh, like, music and plant. Uh, yeah, so when I, I talk, I talk through my dog. I'll like, whenever my dog barks, I'll do his, um, his, his voice if he was speaking human. Mm-hmm. But it's become like a British boy. So he'll be like, oh, oh, and I'll be like, Papa, feed me. <laughs> but it's like, it makes Aww. no sense. But I call him. I call myself Papa. Oh, as the dog. Interesting. You know, Papa, I'm hungry, please. And uh, yeah, it's it's not a, it's not your standard dog voice, but um, huh. it just seems like it works for him when he's begging. Because mm-hmm. no matter you know what a dog, oh, it's the same sound regardless. And Papa, give me my bath now. I don't know. Um, Interesting. Um, yeah, you should. We could dive into that. Why yeah, British? Plants, plant and dog videos together. Yeah, we could do that. We could collab. So the show on Sunday is in Clarksville, which we'll wrap up here in a minute. And how's your vibes towards that? Is this a monthly or do you just like have random mm-hmm. nights? So monthly on Sundays, just once a month. Once a month. Um, That's good. So, you don't want to do it too often. Yeah. And it's hard to, like, I want to advertise it um, and, like, get people hyped up about it. We did one that was back-to-back weekly. And that was hard to get back into, like, promoting the next show when one had just ended. Oh, you just, like, you get that two hours post-show where you're like, woo, and then you're like, all right, you got to sell mm-hmm. tickets for the next one. Yeah, it's just, it's too consistent of, like, back-to-back. So the next one after this one will be St. Patrick's Day. So it's about a oh, month fun. again. Yeah. And by the way, we didn't even mention this. I know we mentioned this on your podcast. How did you find me? Because what was really nice is you mm-hmm. booked me on this show before I even moved here, which was nice. So, long-time listener, big-time fan. Um, I saw your videos. I would watch because I got rid of Hulu. So, I'm like, what is Bachelor Nation doing? And, like, you had a great summary and analysis of what was going on. I'm like, cool. I don't need to buy Hulu. I'll just listen <laughs> to Dave. And then I knew you are a comedian. And, like, you've been branching out um, from Bachelor News to kind of, you know, tie in different things. And then there was one video you said, I'm moving to Nashville. I'm like, I'm, yep. I'm like, how do I get a hold of you? And Besties. I found your email. I'm like, hold on a second. <laughs> no, that's perfect. That's yeah. great. Yeah. You know, you know, it's funny. It's like trying to branch out of the niche. I got a one star review because someone said I'm talking too much about Taylor Swift. <laughs> Oh, then yeah. we should talk about Taylor. You, <laughs> you know what I mean? I literally what is she doing? Did is like, she... <laughs> she like, so like I started doing, uh, they were like, all right, too much Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey content. So now I've been going hard on J-Lo and Ben Affleck. And I'm like, you okay. thought you thought you had it bad with Taylor and Travis. Now we're going, you know, I mean, you just, I mean, and look, mm-hmm. I, I didn't take it seriously. It's, it's nice. That's funny. One star reviews are a good reminder that people are listening and that they care. Yeah. Um, but for that person go fuck yourself that's funny and more on travis and taylor yeah um, we can right now <laughs> do you follow them i don't follow them um i don't you're like who's what do you who do you follow Holy like God. like if i if, if i if i was like i'm gonna give you a million bucks but you have okay. to you have to do a ted talk on this specific thing or person right now who would it be oh uh, let's do tim burton Oh, okay. Let's do that one. Tim Burton, the director, the producer, producer the all in... Hands in all the dark Any specific Tim see. Burton? 
I love, so like his movies, I absolutely love Corpse Bride. Um, I can watch that and relate to all the different characters. I kind of watch it to, sometimes I relate to the bride, sometimes to the corpse bride. There you go. <laughs> sometimes to the butterfly. Like if you watch that movie, Is so many Edward symbols. Is he Edward Yes. He's Edward Scissorhands? That's what's fantastic. An, what's some more iconic they, Tim Burton? I mean, he's... Oh, um, of course, Nightmare Before Christmas. Right. Um, Basically, anything with a very... I mean, that's what's good dark, about... Yeah, yeah, good with directors is when you can see, like, a Wes Anderson or a... And I do love Wes Anderson. Oh, there you go. I do love that, but I don't know enough about him. Um, and then TikTok got crazy with his new movie. I know, right? Well, TikTok... <laughs> so much so that I don't even want to watch it. TikTok made it so that everyone started ripping off his style. Because, you know, Wes Anderson's like big wide frame shots and mm-hmm. very quirky. And then, of course, TikTok just dumbs everything down and they make it so that a, a million people are doing it. And you're like, well, it was brilliant until yeah. everyone's doing it. But... Because um, I, do, I do like his stuff. I liked uh, watching... Fantastic Mr. Fox. Um, there's some behind the scenes of how he captured great audio of actually having the actors running around oh, and having a mic above them to get that kind of how you breathe when you run. I love behind the scenes of things like I, there were. I, I remember seeing Paul McCartney behind the scenes like grabbing pencils and creating percussive sounds, and it was just cool. It's just cool to see mm-hmm. art artists dance around whatever the medium is, and. Yes. Um, those guys are good representations of people that do that. Um, so, where, what's what's big picture for you? Let's go. To, let's go to the vision okay. board. What do we like? What's some um, end goal for comedy? Comedy and life. Or life. <laughs> Blend it all together for me. Okay. Real gridlock right here, by the way. What yeah, is this? This is typical Nashville traffic. Is this just because there was you know, like you a, can go right. some sort of sporting event or something? I'm not even. I'm not being go helpful. Right here. No worries. Yes. We, want, we want the audience to feel like they're in yeah. the traffic with us. Okay, life um, through comedy would be, I would really love to be a traveling comic. Um, Mario's talked about clubs, and that's probably like a more focused, uh, like clubs and, but I'm okay with bars. Um, I would love to headline the Red Rocks would be a, Ooh, a huge goal. fun. Like, I love nature, and I feel like that would be the perfect uh, headlining spot for me. Isn't that wild when you see comedians? I think Bill Burr filmed his special there, right? At the Red Rock yeah. Amphitheater. That's a, it's just fantastic. left here. Yes. Um, yeah, that would be fun. I mean, when you realize... Well, do I need to do a U-turn? Or you can go straight. straight yeah, you, you tell me which way to go here. This is fun. This I'm going to take you on a journey. The audience gets... You said we were done until I told you <laughs> where we're going. I like it. I, um, yeah. We're gonna go across the bridge. Oh, I can show you the stadium. Um, oh, okay, yeah. And then we can, and then I'll be uh, honest and oh, there it is. Bring us back home. Yeah, I, um, isn't that cool? They're gonna tear the stadium down. Really? They're built, apparently, they're breaking ground on a new like billion-dollar stadium, which is just crazy because like it's old. It's like 15 years old. I'm like, are you? And it's kidding? really good. Yeah. I like that stadium. I did um stand up near near that yesterday somewhere. I don't know where. Um, hmm. But. Uh, yeah, did that backyard show. Have you been over there? Yes, that's cool. Um, they helped me in my comedy career because I sent them a tape that had notes. You know, and you're holding it on stage. Oh. And they're like, we can't if you have notes. We they told you, you they can't book you if you have notes? Yeah, and I'm like, that's so true. Like, if I'm going to say I'm a great comedian, book me. 
and my one video I send you has notes in it. It's like, that's right. So yeah. this whole Nashville experience, anytime I'm videotaping myself, I don't have notes. Isn't it crazy? So. It's crazy. I, I've been doing stand-up for 12 years, and I did improv and stuff like that. I was never, like, good at it. But, you know, you have those flashes where you're like, all right, you know, I eat, could hang. I could hang with it. Mm -hmm. But I've never felt, I've never really felt like I've ever mastered any of it. Oh, there's the Isn't stadium. Very nice. Mm -hmm. Our YouTube audience gets a nice tour right now. Look at, it. Look at this. Of the stadium where the Tennessee Titans play. Um, they're not that good, but they're trying. Yeah. They fired their coach, former Patriots player Mike Vrabel. Oh. Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean... Uh, what was the oh so yeah you don't always realize until in hindsight what kind of buffering rejections can give you like like they're really like a rejection is really just a redirection but not necessarily but like you got to like get the ego out of the way but I remember being like one year into comedy being like how come I'm not getting auditions for the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival now I'm yeah. 12 years into comedy and I just don't care to get an audition for the Just for Laughs uh, Comedy Festival but you 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 what you prioritize maybe early on or you know I'm I haven't done stand-up long long enough where it used to be the goal to get on late night TV I don't yeah. think anybody has that goal anymore yes I think a lot of goals have changed I used to want to be on SNL and they're uh, it's just not funny like it doesn't make me laugh anymore I really liked it during the Will Ferrell times where it's just like be goofy be stupid um, have maybe a political sketch and then let's just goof around with it yeah I mean what you so, realize is as as hardworking as the SNL comics are, you can get the same. Like I did an open mic last night in a winery, and it went. I got the chance to play, and have fun, and it was probably the same feeling I would have had if it was in a bigger show venue. Like I just mm -hmm. I've just realized, like when you said, um, you know, you'd you'd be okay doing bar shows. I truly believe that mm -hmm. because for me, I would be. Um, you know, like uh, my buddy's a close-up magician, and when you do close-up magic, you can't really do. I mean, he does big venues, but some of the best close-up magic is in these twenty-seat rooms. And I'm like, I could probably enjoy doing comedy in twenty or fifty-seat rooms. Mm -hmm. I would just as much have fun. Do now, comics move to bigger. Uh, to bigger venues because it's like, well, what are you going to do? If you can sell out the Wilbur Theater, what are you, you're not going to turn down $100,000. Like, mm -hmm. let's get real. But everyone who does go to theaters usually romanticizes the club scene because that's when you could see your audience and breathe and touch and be close. Yeah. And I think some people, like, that's what you kind of do comedy for when it's all broken down is because you want to be a part of a, um, it, you want to be a part of a community. And if you can make someone laugh, you're, you're you're giving you're 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 immediately providing value to that community. You're like I'm the person who's gonna lighten the mood, and that's kind of maybe the tribal part of it. And not to make it bigger than what it is, because you know there's nothing worse than comedians, you know, talking about their gifts or whatever. You know what I mean? Being emotional. Yeah, there's nothing worse than that. But <laughs> but that's what it is. I just want to make people laugh, and yeah. and, and some and 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 there's probably a law of diminishing returns past. A certain amount of people, but you have you have guys like Robin Williams who would say like if he's if he's talking to one person, it's a convo. But if there's two people, now it's a show. And it, and I kind of I kind of think about that when you think like like when I'm you know having a one-on-one -on -one convo, yeah, we well, can have fun mm -hmm. or whatever. But when there's like when you're at like a when you have a when you have a couple people and you're holding court and you're it's just like different. Like something happens where you're like you get to play, yes. and it's and that's kind of the the joy of getting to do what we do. Um, which again, 
in, in today's world, you might not be auditioning for SNL or certain things, but you're able to put together the bar show that gets mm-hmm. you the sandbox that gets you to actually play. And I guess for anyone who's trying to tackle whatever creative thing in their life, it's like find a way to get yourself into that venue, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Tell me something. <laughs> leave me. Leave me with some Dakota knowledge. Oh, okay. The, like the Dakotas w- weren't. Oh, it was. It used to be one. No, I'm, I might be completely wrong here, but wasn't it one state? Was it then and divided? Then they split. And they split, or is it just more that it was the Dakotas were just a native region? Um. Wow. This is a good question. Uh, I went to public school. So, um, <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? We used to be. Uh, do you live oh, near we, the pipeline? That's all I know. I know I'm, the pipeline. I'm on the other side of the pipeline. I'm by Mount Rushmore. Okay, you're by Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Which which I didn't know growing up was man-made. I, yes. for some reason, thought this was a structure <laughs> that somehow... Well, that's kind of cool. I'm sorry. That fantasy is broken. I like that a lot more. So you've been to Mount Rushmore? Yes, several times. I love going there. Um, I used to work in Bear Country, which is a drive through wildlife loop of north american animals whoa so you like, drive through it as like a sightseeing thing yeah it's really fun um fun story i well, one day i was working in the gift shop um i think i'm 17 and they're like hey we need people to work the gate i'm like okay so they quickly run over how much it is for kids people carload and i'm like wow this is a lot of information and they're like make sure to tell them to keep doors and windows closed as they go through the drive-thru. I'm like, okay, great. So I do all that. There's this person, he pulls up with a horse trailer. I'm like, cool, it's this much, yada, yada. And he's like, is it cool if I go through with this? I'm like, sure, you just gotta keep doors and windows closed. He's like, all right. Oh um, man, so he's just got horses in there? <laughs> about like 15 minutes later, we get a call on the radio of who <laughs> this guy, uh, a game warden or like, you know, were they worried that he was going to incite the bears to attack the horses? Here's the thing I didn't know. <laughs> uh, they fed the bears horse meat. Uh, uh, so I did not know that. So these horses have no shot here. Yeah, I uh, I did not realize I was bringing in their uh, dinner or what First they thought all, was dinner. you're 17. So, That's yeah. not on you. Don't don't let me. Yeah, how dare <laughs> your boss put you in the position to, to wonder whether or not horse meat was fed to the bears. Yeah, I had no idea. So they feed the bears. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you see them? Are they like, is it like a zoo? Yes. Like an open range thing? Yeah, I can show you some YouTubes, but it's like, basically if this was the bear pen, you're just driving through it and they can come up to your oh car. Oh my gosh. A lot of Grizzlies people lose. or black bears? Uh, black bears. And then you get out at one point and walk around like baby areas and there's like a grizzly what bear. What other animals? Uh, fox, wolf, elk, uh, oh my deer. Gosh. Mm-hmm. But it's all North American animals, so you didn't have to go too far to get the animals. Yeah, but still, that's thing. very interesting. That's yes. that's that that sounds like a Dakota job. Mm-hmm. That sounds okay. Well, from Dakota to Nashville, <laughs> and through Bachelor Nation, we've yes. united to Clarksville, just outside of Nashville this Sunday. Mm-hmm. So for all those that listen to it uh, on Saturday, which most people do, they can come get tickets. What's the best way to get tickets? My Instagram? Uh, I, shared sure. the, I shared the thing. It's on the yes. flyer, right? And then uh, it's on Eventbrite. On Eventbrite. The tickets that you can get. And share with everyone how they can follow you and all of your 
work you got going on? Uh, so you can follow me on Erica underscore Faye, F-Y-I-E, Y-E, I said I, um, on Instagram. And then The Humor Collective on Instagram is also our podcast. And you can follow me. You can probably see where we are. <laughs> you can show up here. Whatever you want. Bring your horse meat. We'll yeah, have a party. Bring that horse meat. Barbecue it up. Mm -hmm. um, well, I can't wait to do your show. Yes. And um, yeah, thanks for uh, you know, thanks for uh, coming on and telling us a little bit about your life with improv stand up. And now, do you have a, a, a wedding date set? Yes, October fourth. All right, everyone, so. come join us October fourth. We're, we're, <laughs> we're going we're podcasting no um do you have so you have the the location and all that yes uh we just need to send our invites it's in las vegas oh fun. so that both our family south dakota he's california are you doing way. like a theme is it gonna be like a vegas theme we're trying to figure it out um i don't know how to pick a theme so we're still wild on west the, okay so a wild like a saloon style wedding <laughs> yeah we're like everything like, yeah, when I just, come down the aisle, I have to kick in the yeah. saloon door. Meet you at high noon, and just you guys, there's like, wow, 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 just coming from uh, uh, opposite <laughs> sides of the street. Okay. Yeah. I like it. That's I will. Thought. I'll see if that works. Well, we'll see how the show goes on <laughs> Sunday. Maybe um, we'll share some clips. Uh, <laughs> I'm always like, we'll see how my set goes first. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> it'll be somewhere. Like, uh, yeah. the best parts. <laughs> Maybe something gets thrown at me. There's always like, well, if it goes good, there's a clip. If it goes really bad, there might be a clip. So yeah. we'll have to see. And if it's mediocre, I always post a picture. There you go. Yeah, you'll know. You'll know. <laughs> if it's a tight shot photo that doesn't show the audience, it was mediocre. If the audience is laughing, it was a good set. All right. Well, thank True. you again for joining me today. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right. <laughs>